You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. By FateTeam.com. I am your humble host, joined as always by Just Clark Barnes. Just Clark Barnes, how are you? Doing great, Pete. How are you? Ah, I am stupendous. I am munching on a delightful bowl of uh, salad here. Ow. So uh, I apologize to our listeners if you hear some heavy breathing throughout the podcast. It means I'm just consuming my dinner. So, you know. That's one of the uh, one of the joys of having the podcast recorded at night is you guys get to all sit in and listen the next day to uh, what I had for dinner. Yeah, not lunch, not breakfast. This is dinner talk. This is <laughs> this is dinner talk, which is always the time when the mo- when the best things are shared is is at the dinner table. It's the most important table uh, of the house. Everyone knows that. Excellent. Well, we have as always a fantastic show for you we're going to be spitting some uh, some hot takes about the fantasy playoffs as well as week 14 start and sits with a a little bit of a twist there and a thursday night preview which clark in our pre-show notes said start everyone so spoiler alert it'll be quick it's for gonna, me this week yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a good thursday night um but uh i'm just Pete, gonna did you shave your mustache I did. That's okay, guys. I know for a podcast, this is probably not the most interesting thing in the world, but I hope that that wasn't your Samson-esque power. No, I I hope not either. Okay. I I hope that my power was not all stored in my mustache and that if it is now gone, that my power will quickly fail. The listeners will have to decide. Yeah, we'll see. So far, it's off to a bang and start. Uh, But let's start off with uh, some super hot takes, some some. Fantasy playoff hot take. Uh, so we're gonna get real hot and spicy just before the fantasy playoffs, uh, just in time for you to reevaluate all of your life choices. Uh, and Clark, why don't you start us off with your hot and spicy uh, fantasy playoff hot take? All right, I got I got two hot ones, and then I have a a lukewarm. Didn't put it in the microwave long enough one, but we'll start with a hot take. So, uh, despite Dak Prescott getting the Giants and the Raiders week fourteen and fifteen, he's going to be outscored by Blaine Gabbert in the fantasy playoffs this year. Woo, spicy! So Gabbert has outscored Dak for the past three weeks, which is the past three weeks where. Blaine Gabbard has been starting. This is a vote of confidence for Bruce Arians, much more than a vote of confidence for Blaine Gabbard. And it's really a lamentation uh, for the bad year that Dak is having. Now, I, I don't think he's done. I don't think that 
people in Dallas need to panic that you actually haven't found your QB of the future. I think he's just having a real hard time of it. They were expecting to be able to run the ball and they weren't. And so they're just not ready to have Dak lead the team and have the team rely solely on him. And he's just not good enough to do that yet, which is again, not insulting to Dak Prescott, second year player, not a lot, not a lot of quarterbacks in the league that can do it all. So Blaine Gabbert, more fantasy points than Dak Prescott during your fantasy playoffs. And we talked about this on the podcast before that that we uh, that Dak's kind of struggles are completely understandable and expected, um, considering his rookie year went out went off without a hitch. It, the, eventually, the NFL is going to catch up to anyone, and eventually, it does. There is a stark learning curve uh, to be able to have consistent success in the NFL, and that's what Dak is experiencing. But I agree with your. Point in the sense that this is not a hit on Dak, and nor should Cowboy fans be freaking out. It's just this is what happens when a team that's offense that's offense is constructed around running the football loses, you know, arguably the best running back in football since he's come into the league. So you know, it, it only makes sense. Uh, that is a pretty pretty spicy take, and it's funny because it actually ties in to one of my spicy hot fire takes. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones, favorite tight end of the podcast, the Madden Man, finished as a top five tight end for the rest of the season. That's my uh, shredding guitar of hotness. I like it. Uh, so, on my favorite new uh, analytics site, not content site, analytics site, uh, FF Toolbox Scout. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones apparently has one of the best matchups going for tight ends during the fantasy playoffs. He's been targeted a lot by Gappert, and he's one of those guys that he looks good doing it. I know that that's not killer analysis that you can take home, but I've watched the games, and it is it, he's not getting wide open and left alone necessarily on every play. He's going across the middle. He's making some nice grabs, and just because you never heard of him before doesn't mean he can't have a killer right. close of the season, so I like it. And since he's so week 11 was when he had his two touchdown game and, and suddenly burst onto the fantasy scene. Yeah, since and then, one of those was everyone just forgot to cover him. That's why I right. went back a little bit on it. But yeah, uh, since then, he's second on the team in targets, second on the team in receivings and receiving yards and has scored the most most touchdowns. So the opportunity is there. He's taking advantage of it. If Blaine Gabbert's going to outscore Dak Prescott for the rest of the season, uh, then you better believe he's going to his new binky Ricky Sales Jones. So jump on it while you still have the chance. I'm with you. Gronk is missing his game as he should, even though it's really disappointing to me. <laughs> so if you haven't heard the news, uh, Gronk is sitting. So if you need That's a true. replacement and you have missed out on the waiver wires and are listening to this in a panic, you can probably still go get Ricky Seals Jones. And if he's not out there, my boy, one game rental only. Uh, Steven Anderson from the Texans would be a nice fallback. But yeah, I like that call. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, Ricky Seals, don't let us down. Don't let the podcast down. Right. If you do finish as a top five tight end, we should, we'll tweet at you. We're going to find your Twitter handle. <laughs> we're going to tweet at you. And we're going to make you join this deal that I'm announcing right now that if you finish a top five fantasy tight end for the rest of the season, uh, you have to come on to the podcast. So you that's a, a binding contract that you have just made with us. Uh, so we'll welcome you on in, in four weeks. 
And I do very bad voices, so if you don't come on, we may still interview you. Not a threat, just... Just, Man. you know, if you want to control the the words that will be broadcasted to people uh, that, you know, in your stead, you know, you just might want to come on and, and actually verbalize them. Yeah, And just as an aside, we'll do this totally pro. It'll be like five minutes. We'll give you the questions we want to ask. We we like you. We're not going to, like, come at you. So God, in, no. in case is, you do listen to this, like, we're for real. We'd love to have you this on. Is, this is not hard-hitting journalism. No, no, we're, no. Going to, we're going to lob you softballs and you can hit them out of the park. What's it like to score a touchdown, Ricky? Don't worry, it'll be it'll be nice and easy. Um, with, with that softball of a question, I guess we'll move on to my softball of a hot take. More of just me being pleased with myself. Uh, I got lucky with all of my early round picks this year. I, I'm in three leagues that I care about, and on one league I picked tenth and picked Jordy Nelson. So we won't talk about that. Um, I had the first pick in one league and picked Le'Veon Bell. I had the fifth pick in one league, and Antonio Brown fell to me. So Steelers fans, the playoffs for the Steelers are looking great. So all those Le'Veon Bell owners who've already been hooked up after the first couple of games, and all those Antonio Brown owners who've only had to suffer one or two mediocre games, which in fantasy, let's face it, happens. We are just so pleased with ourselves. We're the smartest. We're the best. We're the greatest. We picked these two when everybody was down on them. And by everyone, I mean, like, put one or two players ahead of them. Couldn't be more excited for the playoffs. The Steelers get the Patriots week 15. I hope it's an explosion of offense to get you into the finals. It should be a great game. Couldn't be happier about your Steelers. Yeah, give us those fireworks that were promised, or firecrackers, whatever Mike Tomlin promised us. Yeah, both teams should have been looking forward to this game for a long time, and I don't think either team is going to be really tearing it up on defense, even though both teams play some nice defensive ball. Um, I guess while we're on that subject, glad to hear, maybe not worst-case scenario for Ryan Suzier. Never want you get those reminders of how insanely violent football is every once in a while so i mean i mean this in the most non-cynical way just thoughts and prayers with with yeah. him as he gets better. no that's that's actually a good thing to bring up because i did want to touch on this on the opening of the show and just forgot to put it in my notes um how about that Bengals steelers game uh <sighs> like not only i mean not from a performance standpoint but just like juju smith Schuster. Come back to us. What, I didn't uh, think it was especially chippy for Bengals and Steelers games go. I thought the Juju Smith-Schuster hit, first of all, Vontez Perfect is a thug. I don't want to see anyone get, like, really hurt. Like, having just talked about Ryan Shazier, like, I don't, even if I don't like the guy, I don't want to see get his knees taken out. I Even if I don't love the guy, I don't want to see the helmet-to-helmet. But I don't think that was a helmet-to-helmet. And I think Juju Smith-Schuster just got one on the biggest thug and thorn in the side of the Steelers for a long time and then stood over him. I thought that was so (laughs) cool. And if it had been some little safety against 6'2", 210 Juju Smith-Schuster, that would have not been cool. But this is thug Vontez perfect. So I really liked that play because, again, because I don't think it was helmet-to-helmet. He just knocked the schlobber knocker out of him. He just rocked him. I think they're... I thought the argument there was that he was quote unquote a defenseless player. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think the NFL and it was crazy. The NFL in the, in the sense of what how it punished punished Gronk 
and then how it had to basically give the same punishment to Juju and to George Ioka. I just don't think that the NFL thought that they were going to have to hand out more punishments this week. Otherwise, I feel like the Gronk punishment would have been two weeks and gotten an appeal down to one. Because otherwise, you're basically equating, like what you said, the Juju Smith-Schuster hit, it was a it was nowhere near as bad as Gronk's calculated shoulder drop hit to the to the noggin. Yeah, uh, and as much as I hated to admit it, Gronk's was he decided to hurt someone right after right. the play and did. Juju Smith Schuster saw an opportunity to light someone up in the context of a play. That's tough. Like Gil Brandt tweeted right. this out, and I love he's a great follow if you don't follow him. He's like, it sure would be nice to see some transparency in how the NFL because those two acts getting the same suspension from two people who, who are not repeat offenders. Right. No, totally. I totally agree with that. And I think I saw it somewhere also in the Twitter sphere where it's like, basically people are saying that, uh, what's the punishment is the new, what's a catch. And it's just like the NFL doesn't, the NFL doesn't know what a catch is. The NFL doesn't know what, what punishments are. So exciting time to be alive. Uh, but we will, Get back on track because uh, we do have a tendency to uh, to wander on the podcast. We ramble. That's what people know hey, and love. That's okay. Yeah, that's uh, why you listen to us. Um, since you came with me with that weak sauce about the Steelers just being good, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'll come out at you with some super hot fire. <laughs> Kareem Hunt has become unstartable. This isn't about matchups. He actually has pretty decent matchups heading into the fantasy playoffs. He's playing Miami and Oakland. So those are both two pretty bad defenses, but it's based on the chiefs being the chiefs and this being the most chiefs thing ever. Uh, he, he has just completely fallen off a cliff. He has been there. The workload is still there. And it's not the fact that the chiefs have moved on to someone else. It's just for whatever reason, the chiefs aren't, He's not scoring. Kareem Hunt isn't scoring. That's the biggest thing that's missing. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week four. Thrill is gone. The th- yeah, it's gone. And we talked about this on the on the uh, week 13 recap. The Chiefs scored 31 points this week. You would think that at least one of those would be Kareem Hunt, but it wasn't. Uh, and I, I've seen people trying to justify this, saying, like, everyone basically balance, like, touchdowns all balance out and uh, – and, you know, if Kareem Hunt has this huge dry spell, then that just means that, like, eventually he's going to start scoring touchdowns, just giving his workload and, and giving how the Chiefs use him around the goal line, which makes sense. I understand that. But let's not forget, this was the same team that managed to not have a single touchdown through a wide receiver in, I think, t- 2014 through the entire season. So crazy touchdown spells are are, are not something that uh, is unknown to the Chiefs in Kansas City. Yeah. That those couple of years that Jamal Charles averaged, I think, sixty-five touchdowns a year. It was something like that. Something like that. I yeah. feel like that's right. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I don't know. I've been drinking, so I might have missed it. So, what's the take? That he's gonna score, oh. or that he's done, or Kareem Hunt is unstartable. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm you can't you. start him anymore. You can't. You I'm can't. Glad, I'm glad I didn't set up my Steelers take as fire like you did for that one. <laughs> yeah, know? I know. I was. Uh, I was said it was fired, then I immediately was like, "Well, this actually has some pretty, uh, pretty strong basis behind it." Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll finish this off here. Then I think this one's pretty hot. Uh, so in the last, not last three games, but in the fantasy playoffs weeks fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen, Matt Breida leads the 49ers in rushing yards attempts and rushing touchdowns. He gets Whoa! four. 
rushing touchdowns. Oh my God, you're coming out with a number. Yeah, that's right. Put my name on it. Put my name on this Woo! bad take. Fire! The 49ers don't have that great of a schedule, uh, but I feel like they're going to start looking to the future. I think that they looked a little bit better with Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think if the first game a quarterback plays – it looks a little bit better than I think it's not unreasonable to expect a little improvement as we go on. So they've got the Texans, then the Titans, and then they host the Jaguars. So I made this take and then looked at the schedule and was like, shit, that's kind of tough. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's not exactly oh, this is not back up anything that I want um, to do. But they should be in these games at least because none of these teams are great. I, I, again, on Twitter, I saw the, the Titans eight and four is the most embarrassing or the most, uh, mirage of an eight and four ever and like yes like i've watched all of these games because i always cover the afc south and every time the titans win i'm like oh the titans won right it didn't look like it but i guess they happen to have as many points as the or more points than the other team at the end of the every every week on the uh on the pickums that we do for fake teams anytime it's the titans game i'm always like oh god I don't want to pick the Titans because I just never feel like the matchup favorite. Like I never think that they're going to just outright win. It's either they're going to win in like a, a crazy gross slugfest or they're going to lose. I'm never one to be like, oh yeah, this is the week that the Titans are just going to win handedly. It's literally like I have the scores turned off on game pass because I don't want to ruin it if I don't know the score. But when I'm watching him for the podcast, like for the Titans games, I've had to look at the box score and you're like, who won? Who won the game that I just watched? There was, there was a champion here. Someone someone was victorious. Yeah. So Matt Breida. Maybe. Go ahead and pick him up Maybe. at least. I mean, because I the like Niners, the Niners aren't winning this year. They're not going to no. have Carlos Hyde next year. Just hope maybe they'll give it to this guy and see what he can do. And, and he's looked good. He's gotten more work, you know, as the season's gone on. He's got he's had a couple of good games for a backup rusher. So it's not clearly it's not just totally plucking something from the sky. It's but not it's not we'll um, it it's not Bechamel Johnson taking over. It's no Bechamel Johnson. <laughs> it's no Bechamel. Uh, I love it. I love I mean, I I understand your pick and I think it's a good pick. I love I love the cones on you to make the pick. I love going out there and just saying, hey, you know what? Why not? Like. There's a guy, if he gets a, an extended workload and it gets, you know, the team wants to see what they've got there and they're going to just kind of keep giving him the rock, why not? Especially since, connected to your point of starting a new quarterback, especially since if you got Jimmy Grapple behind that offensive line, you really don't want to get him killed before you have him signed to a, a you know, a five-year deal. So best thing to do is run the football with a young rookie back. I like it. Let's see what he, see what he's got. Yeah. San Francisco surprises. Come on, man. Shanahan. Let's, let's. Let's believe in it. Uh, you say running back in Shanahan, it's like you know what you're talking about. Shanahan, man. Yeah. Shanahan. Shanahan. Nah, running back. Running back, nah, Shanahan. 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 Shanahan running back. Uh, my final one is is probably my fieriest take of all, and I've touched on this in podcasts previous. Podcasts past. Um, but I'm fed up with Julio Jones. I'm so fed up that I don't even think he's worth a first-round pick anymore when you're drafting next year's fantasy leagues. Don't draft Julio in the first round. <laughs> he's not worth it and here is why listen to me listen to the wisdom that i can spell and maybe this is just because 
it's the first year that I've had Julio on my team and I've expected Julio to just do Julio things and carry me. And this is no nothing against Julio as a real fantasy receiver. As a real fantasy receiver, uh, uh, sorry, as a real football receiver, uh, the guy is, there's no one like him. He's unparalleled in, in what he can do on the football field. There's very few fo- NFL players in NFL history uh, who I have ever seen who can do what Julio Jones does on the field. Um, closest comparison is maybe Calvin Johnson. However, mm. from a fantasy standpoint, if you take out well, before the week 12 firestorm in which he just burned the whole league down, Julio was 23rd in total scoring in standard leagues. 23rd. Even with that, this week he's seventh because he put up another awful performance against the Vikings. He has had four games this season. Count them. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Four games where he scored double-digit points. And one of those is when the one he scored 30-plus points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The other ones, he scored 10 points, 15 points, 11 points in standard scoring. Everything else is single digits. I'm not spending a first-round pick on a wide receiver who's getting me four double-digit games. Not even like the occasional bad game that Antonio Brown gives you. That is the occasional good game. The occasional average game. I want more. I expect more out of my first-round picks. Julio Jones, not worth it. Hot take. It's playing. I like the Little Mermaid. I want more. I want to go where the people go. Something, 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 something. And a crab named Sebastian. Yeah. Oh my I God. love it. That was beautiful. Oh, well, thank you. I, I love uh, movies about redheaded mermaids. So, yeah. <laughs> Don't we um, all? So I was just looking at this. So I, I love draft season since we're going to talk draft season for at least another 30 seconds. Uh, yeah. like, oh, zero RB is the way to go. Oh, zero. Wide, no, you got to draft wide receiver early. Blah, blah blah. So you see all these touts about Alvin Kamara is like why you go zero RB, right? So I'm looking at the top few uh, wide receivers that we have here in standard ESPN scoring. We have Antonio Brown. First rounder, no doubt, obviously, like stud among studs, probably went no later than fourth in your leagues. Yeah, okay. DeAndre Hopkins, remember when everyone was wondering if you should pick him in the second or third round this year? And he's not really that great, and he's not quarterback proof, and oh, I don't know. So then we've got A.J. Green, but then Keenan Allen, another like fourth, third, fourth round guy, Tyreek Hill. Marvin Jones, we have Robbie Anderson coming in right behind Julio Jones. We have Adam Thielen. Oh, everyone had Adam Thielen in their top five rounds, right? Oh, clearly. And it's the same thing with running back. We got Todd Gurley who, no, second round maybe. You let the idiot in your league draft (laughs) Todd Gurley again. In the second round, you laughed at him. Le'Veon Bell second. Alvin Kamara, Jesus. Yeah. No one one knew that. That's why waiver wires matter, people. Yep. Yep. Mark Ingram, no. Who's picking Mark Ingram? No. It's going to be terrible. And Adrian Peterson's going to freaking kill it this year. And then Kareem Hunt, oh, yeah, everyone had him super high. Like, if you didn't draft right before the season started, no one in your league drafted Kareem Hunt, except for the Chiefs fan who, who lives in right. Iowa with you for some reason. So just keep this in mind when people are talking about draft strategies. And I know that this is a bit flippant, but picking the right person is the right strategy. And other than that, just – Screw all this. Like, this is the way to... No, no. Sorry. I think the new strategy, the new strategy we should implement, it's the draft no one strategy. And then just attack the waiver wires like a madman. See what happens. 
Well, I mean, uh, to that point, I mean, when you finish this year, go back and look at your draft and look at how That's super dumb true. everyone is. And it's everyone. It's everyone. It's everyone. Oh, yeah. What's awful is the way that you draft, right? If you take players early, you can't release them. And so you have to, if you want to get them off your roster, you have to basically trade them. Once the trade deadline's passed, you're just kind of hosards. Like I have Jordan Howard and Julio Jones were my first two picks. Thought I was just like, just about to strike fantasy gold. Well, that's smartest man in the world. Smartest man in the world. Awful. And now they're just sitting both in my starting lineup because, hey, guess what? Shocker can't do anything with them. Now, you know, it's always a numbers game. Like you're never going to know. I mean, Julio could have had a fantastic season. Jordan Howard could have built off of his rookie season a lot better. So, you, you know, you, you, you don't want to actually do the no draft strategy. However, um, solid point. You don't want to not draft people. <laughs> I am with you on that. That's the way not to go. We this, agree on that. This podcast just keeps spitting the hardest truths at people. And we should do a draft podcast. We're really we good should, at drafts. Oh, we will. Oh, we are. We nail it. I mean, we're fantastic at drafts. Our, our track record speaks to that. Uh Anyways, we, we, we wander. Uh, let's, uh, those were the hottest takes I've ever heard. That's yeah, for dang sure. That was from bell, been, pe- from bell pepper to habanero spicy. Right? There just, was my, the just, Steelers are good up to <laughs> Brita is going to lead. It's going to lead yeah. your fantasy team to a championship. Yeah. Uh, so those were some fantasy playoff hot takes. A little Scoville scale action. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're now we're going to get into week 14 starts and sits as we always do, but we decided to, uh, you know, spice things up a little bit, make it a little saucy. Uh, so we're going to compare, I guess, start and sits to Hollywood stars, or I have, I have Hollywood characters. Uh, I have movie and TV characters that I've compared them to. And so I guess it's more of a, a confidence level than, than exactly a start and sit. It's more kind of like, what's your confidence in these players heading into week 14 as compared, uh, to a uh, to a, a TV character, and so with that, I will start, um, and I'm going to start with my boy, Mr. Suave, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh Jesus, the love dies against, hard. Oh, it never dies against Houston. Up uh, and Jimmy G. For those who have seen Stranger Things, if you haven't, uh, you should literally pause this podcast, go spend the next eh, 18 hours of your life. Just binge-watching seasons one and two. 100% worth it. Anyways, Jimmy Grappolo is Steve Harrington. Handsome, secondary character, you know, in season one in New England. And then suddenly, when they get their time to shine, whoo, they shine brightly. Jimmy Grappolo is going to get his chance to shine, and he is going to shine all over the Houston Texans. Steve Harrington got his chance to sign in season two, and my God, if he wasn't one of the best characters in it. Um, Plus, uh, they both have tashing smiles and gorgeous eyes so uh my confidence is pretty high in jimmy garoppolo for the rest of the season but but primarily in, against houston if you want to stream quarterbacks or if you're just like hey let's go balls to the wall and let's start jimmy g yeah i i need someone to help matt Breda make my hot it's take true. happen so uh, i'm with you <laughs> Uh, so, so I, I like it. I'll, I'll go next here. So mine, uh, I've got a a duo of Ooh. players. So I've got Jermaine Curse and Robbie Anderson of the New York Football Jets are the uh, John Chen and Cal Penn, better known perhaps as Harold and Kumar, of the NFL this season. Uh, I love it. 
Yeah, so the Jets are playing the Broncos this uh, weekend, week 14. Uh, and the reason I compare it to uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle is this has been a really unexpected delight. And it's been really fun. It kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I don't know the acting history of either of these characters uh, before or after. And that's what's going to happen to Jermaine Curse and Robbie Anderson after this season. We may get a little Robbie Anderson. I think one of these two guys was in uh, the White House show where they walk around all of the time. West Wing. Uh, so we may hear from Robbie Anderson a little bit after this season. But this is just a one-time deal that these two are putting up fantastic numbers on the Jets with the Josh Jets. McCown. Uh, so, oh my God! You know, Harold and Kumar did go to Guantanamo Bay, but none of us went to go <laughs> see the movie. So this is a one and done, and that's my first Hollywood start and sit. So you start Jermaine Curse and Robbie Anderson. This week. I love it. Uh, and again, to relating it back to just our drafting. I mean. Who? Who at the beginning of the season when the Jets were all but basically playing their hand that they were planning on tanking the tank out of the season? Who would have thought that Josh McCown would have led a pass-happy offense that Robbie Anderson is on track to basically score a touchdown every single game? And uh, Jermaine Kearse comes into New York Jets after a trade with Seattle and shockingly, like, is good. And not that not that Jermaine Kearse is bad, but that Jermaine Kearse in, the, in New York is good. Yeah, I mean, the, everybody thought the Jets were not going to win any games this year, except for the Jets, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Hey, and they're not great, but I mean, they're playing some competitive ball. You know, you like, got to give it to you got to give it to Todd Bo- Todd Bowles because in so many teams, we saw this. I mean, the Giants most notably, but like so many of these teams, once they just give up on the coach, the once the coach loses that locker room, you just get oust, and it's so hard to kind of keep a team's morale up when you're losing games, when you don't have a lot of talent, when there's not a lot of expectations for you. Props to Todd Bowles, who many people thought was going to get axed this season because the Jets were so bad. They were going to clean house. They were going to bring in a rookie quarterback and kind of rebuild from there. Props to Todd Bowles in this in this world of, of horrible coaching and, and giant coaching fails to keep this Jets team afloat and actually – you know, offer something exciting. Yeah, I'm with you. Give him big credit because, I mean, don't forget the Jets did trade away most of their high-powered talent. So he's really doing this with bubble gum and duct tape. And again, I know they're not like a nine-win team, an unexpected no. play, but they are playing competitive games, which is more than I can say for a lot of teams in the league right yeah. now. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, my final Week 14 uh actor or week 14 character comparison uh demarco murray now demarco murray is an older running back who really at this point must sacrifice himself for the betterment of the young and the talented uh and as such i compare him to the great albus dumbledore but not like Early Albus Dumbledore, like Deathly Hallows, Black Fungus on the Hand, Dumbledore. I was I was really hoping this was going to be a Meryl Streep take. I'm sorry, like you were. Meryl just Streep will up. never die. Meryl Streep is going to act until literally she dies in the middle of filming a movie. That woman will act until she cannot act anymore. There is no. We could, we could be there. so lucky. We could I be know. So um, but much like Demarco Murray, Dumbledore had a very historic career i don't know if um, demarco murray's is quite as historic as dumbledore dumbledore's one of the greatest wizards of all time but recognizes in the twilight of his career he must sacrifice himself 
in order to make sure that Harry can save the wizarding world and kill Voldemort. This is what DeMarco Murray and the Titans Hey, man! Did. Spoilers, Pete! Oh, Jesus damn it. Christ! <laughs> There's probably a lot of eight-year-olds out there that listen to our podcast, and you have just ruined <laughs> Christmas. This is an alternative, non-canon Harry Potter. I promise. Everyone. Yeah, this isn't this isn't the Harry Potter you all know and love. So, uh, and I wait. Oh, my pun! I had a great pun here. Uh, they need to let Derek Harry do the right things to save the Wizarding girl. Did you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? Uh, you get yeah, it? Was, yeah. Oh, you got it. It was amazing for you. Uh, anyways. My fiance loves Harry Potter, so we've been binge watching the uh, the movies. So they were on my mind, and I figured, hey, you know what? Demarco Murray, do take one for the team. Throw yourself in front of a. Uh, okay, more spoilers to those who haven't read or seen the movies. Thank you. Throw your front. Throw yourself in front of in front of a uh, Snape's wand and get hit with a bunch of green light and fall off the top story. Right. That's why you got to wear your wizarding Kevlar. I don't. I don't know the <laughs> Harry Potter books. I'm, uh, I think that that is an invention that would have certainly saved a lot of people's lives in the wizarding world. Yeah. Um, I, I've got two more. I'll go quick uh, through oh. the one that's just okay and then get to my fun one. Uh, so <laughs> Philip Rivers, I think, is the Woody Harrelson of the NFL. He's been yeah. around for a really long time. And he's put in a lot of really good work. But he's kind of disappeared for a little while. And this is his true detective season. This is when everyone remembers like, oh, shit, mm. he's good. Like, he's, oh, right, he's really good. Like, very, very good. I, I don't know. The, the thesaurus I, going on in my head right now is, is wonderful. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he's, he's doing great. He's got the second best schedule uh, for week 14 to 16. So all of you out there wondering, should I start Phillip Rivers or, unless it's Tom Brady against the Steelers, the answer is yes, start Phillip Rivers. Does I'll that quickly make, move on to the other one if you don't have. Wait, it. Does that make Keenan? Does that make Keenan Allen? Um, uh, God damn it! Yes, the guy from Dallas Buyers Club, Matthew McConaughey. Yes, okay. yeah, there it is. Right, yeah. Okay, sure. so Keenan Allen, Matthew McConaughey. I like it. Okay, give us yeah. your better one. Yeah, didn't cry on an airplane watching Dallas Buyers Club. Oh, didn't cry. God. People wondered didn't what cry. was happening. Didn't cry. There was there was someone cutting onions in the row in front of you. It was so good. Then <laughs> that guy that played that girl was so good. I don't Jared Little Yeah, he was really good. So good. Anyway, uh, yeah. So my my final start and sit Hollywood edition is Russell Wilson is River Phoenix because he's gonna f- die this week. <laughs> yeah, we're all really this excited. Is, this is a beautiful combo of week fourteen. Hollywood edition and hot takes fantasy wise. Russell Wilson will be deceased after this week. Don't put that on me. Uh, don't put Jesus, Pete. Don't put that on me. Speaking of Jesus though, after this week, Russell Wilson is going to be Jim Caviezel because he's going to rise from the dead. And if you make it through week 14, he's going to carry you weeks 15 and 16. So if you get the chance, Sit Russell Wilson this week, and then you ride him to your fantasy yeah, championship. Ride him to greatness. Perfect. Oh, I'm so proud of that one. Uh, the Caviezel with the Jesus thing, because he was Jesus. Right, right. No, that was good. That was good. Oh, so good. <laughs> 10 for 10. 10 for 10. The scorecards, the judges have raised the scorecards, and it's a perfect score. Even uh, the French the judge judges. liked that one. Uh, yeah. Even the French judge. 
Uh, excellent. Well, again, if you're making any start and sit decisions, there you go. We just uh, basically all but gave you the victory this week. So you're welcome. Uh, and quickly, before we wrap up, we'll do a very quick Thursday night preview. Uh, really, all I've got in my notes right here, Clark, in front of me, other than that you should literally start everyone, this might be the greatest Thursday night game in the history of Thursday night games. It could be. Uh, both of these teams are still in it way late in the year. They're going to see each other uh, a week from now as well. So we've got, uh, what is it? Who's hosting? I think we have the Falcons hosting this week. and I then. Think so someone else and then the saints hosting and this is going to be for the nfc south this is going to be incredibly interesting my notes are all caps start everyone that's it dash start all your falcons comma start all your saints ted ginn muhammad sanu tevin coleman all all those borderline guys sure like if you're desperate and you're wondering like what game should i get in on right this one i know thursday night is generally a little low scoring historically, but I, I don't think it has been this year based on nothing. And I don't think it's going to be this week. Uh, both of these teams are good dome teams. They're going to score. The defenses aren't terrible, but I feel but like I, there's going to be a lot of points. I could see, I could see the Thursday, you know, quick turnaround uh, affecting the defenses for both these teams. You know what I'm saying? Like I could see two teams that are so offensive heavy, I'm sure it take a lot of preparation for defenses to like kind of figure out and get the kinks out, especially since this is the first time either of these teams have seen each other this year. So they don't have past tape from this year to be working off of. So I could see these two defenses maybe taking a little bit of time to kind of figure out the other offense, which just allows for the, both of these offenses to just like start putting up points like madmen. Yeah. And if the Falcons don't just decide to not throw the ball to Julio Jones for a long time, which they do every once in a while, both of these teams have extremely dominant players that it doesn't matter how good your defense is. Like the, the guy can just absolutely dominate you. Saw that Mark Ingram had a toe injury today. So keep an eye out on that. I mean, unless he doesn't, unless he's not active, you're starting him Oh yeah, and you're starting Kamara anyway. Like if you have a team where you're not starting Alvin Kamara, you just haven't been paying attention. So it doesn't matter, but just keep an eye on him because if he's inactive and you start him, your fantasy playoffs, it's going to be not great. (laughs) Oh yeah. Great. But this, Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to this game. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. This is, this might be a Thursday night game that I actually uh, tune into because like you said, I just think, Story-wise, there's a lot that's going to go on here, and and the biggest being that these two teams are fighting for the NFC South, and I think that's and I think that always leads. Anytime you get divisional battles, especially between the you know two teams like the Falcons and Saints that are high-powered offenses, it's it could it could lend itself to fireworks, much like the Steelers and the Patriots in next week, two weeks. Yeah, and we've got two angles here. So, one, it's the first week of the fantasy playoffs, so I'm obviously very interested in that. But let's say the game turns out to be absolutely horrible for fantasy. That's gonna be that means it's gonna be a great game that for real been- football. Like, right? We're winning either way, and it could be both. But like, we're winning either way. These are good teams, prime time matchup. Yeah, I'm gonna go out to watch this one. This is gonna be worth it. Boom, baby! It's the best Thursday night game. Emma, don't miss it. Um, excellent. Well, a delightful podcast as always. Uh, make sure to subscribe on iTunes at. Sorry, I thought I had some lettuce in my teeth. At our <laughs> subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, download, all those good things. 
Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Myself at PM Rogers and Clark at NFL Clark. Um, we will be talking to you next week. We hope you we hope you have the best of luck uh, in the first week of your fantasy playoffs. We are the fantasy podcast for the porn bots. Trying not a little new uh, uh, sign off there. So <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, and we will talk to you guys next week. Best of luck moving forward.